the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. The truth is that God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. He knows everything. Now, human beings, we don't know everything, right? We, we gain uh, we learn things by, by gaining information or by experiencing something. So, for example, uh, human beings, we're ignorant. We're ignorant. We just, we just don't know some things. I remember one time I was at my mate's uh, barbecue, um, and we were sitting around the, the barbecue and just talking, and he had invited some friends from other places, and um, I, was just, I was just being an idiot. And we were, we were talking about our church. Um, I'm a pastor at North Cross. And I was just talking about North Cross. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, good church. But I, I really hate the pastors there. You know, <laughs> guy sitting across from me. Yeah, man, that church. And then <laughs> proceeded to blast me and my church without knowing, you know. Sometimes human beings, we just... We just don't know some things. We're ignorant. Even if we're not ignorant, um, we can be forgetful. We forget some things. Man, I remember a time, uh, man, this was going back years and years now, when um, I was in a small group with a bunch of, bunch of my um, friends, uh, and unfortunately, one of the guys in our group, his mother passed away. And um, so it was a really sad time, and you know, we did our best to support him as a group and um, encourage him and, and do the meals and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, um, time came, and it was year 13, um, this guy whose, whose mother had passed away, it was, he was in year 13, and it was time f- for him to go to his school ball. Oh, man. And, and one of the guys in our group, he asked him, oh, like, oh, your school ball's coming up. Who are you going to the ball with? Your mum? And then he, you could just see the look of horror in his face as he realized, what have I just said? Um, it was okay, though. He was very, you know, gracious about it and stuff, but... Um, even with something like that, you know, we human beings, we're forgetful. Sometimes we're not ignorant, sometimes we're not forgetful, but we just make mistakes. Sometimes we make mistakes. Now, um, I've been a pastor for a while. One of the qualifications of being uh, an elder pastor is uh, to be above reproach. So you can't, you can't be involved in scandals. Um, the closest I came to being in a scandal um, was going, going back a few years. Uh, a lady in the, in the church, she, she texted me. Um, and now, you know, she, there was a decent enough age gap um, to, for me to like, look at her and see her as a mother figure or something. And she, she texted me and she said, hey, handsome. Yada, 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 and I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, then another time, she texted me and said, hey, handsome, do you want to get together and talk about blah, blah, blah? And I was going, okay, that's a bit weird, you know? Like, I know, you know, in the church, we're supposed to love each other and encourage one another, but I don't know, his boundaries a little bit. <laughs> anyway, turns out... Um, she wasn't coming on to me. She, it was just her phone, autocorrect, my name, H-A-N, turned into handsome. <laughs> so sometimes we're not ignorant. Uh, sometimes we, we haven't forgotten. We just make mistakes. <laughs> Actually, this happened with two different women in the church. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, we're, we're lacking in information, uh, we're lacking in knowledge, so we're prone to failure, we're prone to mess things up. Um, but this is, not the, this is not the case with God, because God is all-knowing. Uh, he is omniscient. Do we have any homeschoolers in the room? Just a few? Man, just, just one row. Okay. The, the, the homeschoolers here will know uh, omniscient. It, it comes from two words, omniscience, which means all knowledge, all knowing. God is omniscient. So in our remaining time together, um, I want to examine just two aspects of God's omniscience. Uh, we're just going to unpack how wide and how deep God's omniscience is. So first of all, God's knowledge is perfect. God's knowledge is perfect. He knows things as they truly are. Uh, what I've outlined, ignorance, uh, forgetfulness, mistakes, uh, that doesn't apply to God. God's not, God's not misspelling my name in the book of life. None of that's going to happen to God because um, God never learns anything new. Nothing ever takes God by surprise or catches him off guard. God can, be never, God can never be confused or misunderstand a situation because uh, God knows all things from the foundation of the world. This is Isaiah 46. He says, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. So God knows the past. God knows the future. His knowledge is perfect. He even knows the potential and possible outcomes of history. Yeah? So Matthew 11 says, Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. He knew that if these miracles had been done in Tyre and Sidon, uh, they would have repented. And then again, in verse 23, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. So God's knowledge is so encompassing, all-encompassing, that he knows what would have happened in any given hypothetical situation. So... Uh, I don't know the respective ages of everyone in this room, um, but some, probably some of the biggest things that I've lived through in my, in my lifetime, uh, one of them would be 9-11, right? Uh, that's probably the most world-changing thing that I, I lived through. Uh, but God knows what the world would have been like had 9-11 not happened. God knows what the world would have been like if Pearl Harbor had never happened. God knows what the world, God knows what New Zealand would have been like if we didn't have lockdowns or if someone else got elected or if you went to a different school or married a different spouse or whatever. God knows uh, the outcome of all these things because his knowledge is perfect. And one of the things that I'm really terrible at is remembering where I've parked. Honestly, you think like by now, I've been driving for a long time. I mean, going to the mall for a long time, unfortunately. But it's, you'd think I'd remember to remember where I park now, but still, I forget every single time. Yet, 
Psalm 147 says about God, He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. I can't remember where I parked an hour ago. God knows the stars by name, how many there are. Matthew 10, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God knows how many hairs you have. God is aware of every little sparrow that dies. You get the point. God's knowledge is perfect. Well, I'm sure you all know that already, but what this means for us, uh, this, is, this is the application, I guess. Uh, when we pray to God, this is what it means. When we pray to God, we know that whatever we're, whatever's happening in our life at that time, we know that whatever his response is to that prayer, yes, no, maybe, not now, whatever his response is, it's grounded in his all-encompassing knowledge and wisdom. He's not responding from a place of ignorance. He's not, he's not just like taking a guess at what the best thing might be or forgotten something or misunderstanding. Uh, we can trust that whatever response God gives to our prayers comes from a, a position of all knowledge and that his response is good. And if he knows every possible outcome and yet this is the life that God has given us, then we can be content that this is the life that the eternally wise and eternally good God has given us. So not only does God know the outcome of history, but he's familiar with every human thought and action throughout history, and more specifically, God knows the unseen details of our lives. There's nothing we can hide from him. And that's our second point. God's exhaustive knowledge is not only perfect, but it's very personal. His knowledge is very personal. It even reaches the depths of the human heart. You may consider yourself to be someone who is somewhat self-aware. You know, it's really popular these days. You do your Myers-Briggs or like this or that personality test. Uh, many of us perhaps go to counseling or therapy to, to be more self-aware and learn about ourselves. Maybe you're, you're self-aware. You know what you like. You know what you dislike. But the Bible tells us uh, that God knows us way more intimately and better than we know ourselves. Psalm 44 says he knows the secrets of our hearts. Psalm 139 famously says, You have searched me, O Lord. You know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, you know it completely. God's omniscient knowledge is personal. He has a personal knowledge of you. Now, I want us to consider that just for a second. How accepted would you be if people truly knew you? If people truly, not, not the image that we bring on Sundays, but how accepted would you be if people truly knew you? Truly knew you for who you were. They knew your deepest thoughts and your deepest desires. How would they see you? I think about how our estimation of someone, uh, it can radically, it can just totally change when we find out something positive about someone or find out something negative about someone. So for example, um, when I met my wife, then not wife, just 
person in the church. Uh, when I met her, I thought, oh yeah, she's um, Melinda, she's a lovely, you know, godly girl, God-honoring girl, until I found out she spends her Saturdays watching her brother play football. Then she became a godly girl in our church who will become my wife. But think also about how our estimation of someone changes when we find out negative things about people, right? Um, is there anyone in here who's like a, a, a film buff, like just loves movies? Or... No? Okay, just, just me and you, bro. Just us two. So this next two minutes is just for you. So, um, so there's a... There's a film director, his name is, is Woody Allen. Um, I used to love his movies. I, like, every single time one of his movies were available, I'd go watch it. And just, I just loved it. Funny stuff. Um, until I found out just like, I don't know, some really unsavory stuff about his past. And even though I loved his movies and enjoyed his movies, like now when I think of Woody Allen, I'm not thinking about you know, these movies that I grew up with and loved. I just think of, oh, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to support this. Um, kind of stuff. So when we, uh, my point is when we know uh, the depravity, the true depravity of people's hearts, like our estimation of them drops a little bit. So track with me here. God knows you, me. He knows us perfectly to the core. And if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we are not as great as we think we are. In fact, we're terrible. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're wonderful creatures made in the image of God and we, and we re- represent Him, uh, but since the fall, uh, man, we're stinkers, you and I. That's true. Jeremiah 17 tells us that our hearts are deceitful and desperately sick. And people say, oh, follow your heart. Don't do that. <laughs> it's deceitful, desperately sick. Romans 3 tells us there is no one righteous, not even one. And if you deny that, First John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. What I'm saying is, in the deepest part of who we are, we're just not all that lovely, and God knows it. Yet, even though he is well acquainted with the depths of our sin and our depravity, uh, he does not withhold his love or his forgiveness from us. God knew... What a stinker I was, and yet he saved me. That's why it's amazing grace, right? It's not just decent grace, it's amazing grace. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we cleaned up, but he saved us in full knowledge of and despite, and I guess because of our depravity. Ephesians tells tells us that God knew us in our dead state of transgressions and sin. What did he do in our dead state of transgression and sin? Ugh, ugh, Yannick, he's a sinner. Stay away from me. Is that what God did? No, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. God loved us at our worst. So, if you think, if you're in this room this morning, uh, you, and you think you can't come to God because he'll be disgusted by your sin, uh, then you need to hear that, oh yeah, you really need to hear, <laughs> God knows, <laughs> sound desk helping me out, thanks guys, God knows how sin-stained you are, he knows how sinful you are, and sinners who come to him are exactly the type of people that he receives, 
If we realize the fact that God knows us deeply, intimately, all our baggage, our problems, our woes, yet he loves us and makes a way for us to come to him, it should do this. It should increase our estimation of him. Right? Like, man, he's a bigger God. He's a more gracious God. He's a more merciful God than I thought. It should increase our love and worship of him. Because this is what this message is about, eh? Like, I, n- no one stepped through those doors this morning and didn't know that God was all-knowing, right? You're probably not learning anything new here. That's really not the point of this message and church in general. It's just to, like the saints gather to be encouraged with the gospel and reminded, like, this is who God is, this is who you are in him, you know? And so it, it, we learn, we're reminded of these things, and hopefully it elevates our love and our worship of him, and we're filled and we're equipped and we're edified, encouraged, so that once 11 a.m. comes around, uh, we are sent as missionaries here, empowered, encouraged. So, when my wife uh, and I were dating, I always felt the need uh, to, to do my hair, wear cologne, dress nicely, etc. Um, you know, just that need to like look really perfect all the time because we're, you know, in that dating phase, you're kind of insecure about your partner, like seeing, seeing you how you really are and not liking it. Uh, well, I don't feel that pressure anymore. Um, don't get me wrong, I still want to look nice, for, I still shower, you know, but <laughs> I do it, I do that from a free, unburdened heart, a willing heart, because the pressure's totally off, right? The pressure's off in marriage, uh, because she has seen me lying in bed vomiting. She's seen me on the toilet when I'm sick, three days into our honeymoon. <laughs> it was the eggs. Don't go for the eggs in the buffet. She's seen me at my worst, and she still loves me. The pressure, the burden, it's off. It's gone. And I know it's a silly illustration, but it's just to explain this, this one last result of what happens when we understand that God uh, knows us personally. Understanding the fact that God saved wretches like us should enable us to live for him freely. That is, without a, a duty-bound, burdened heart. Freely. Why? Because we know the weight the wrath of God, it's not on us. Like, we're already in. We're in. He's got us. Nothing's going to pry us from God's hand. And, and he knew us at our worst, and he loved and saved us anyway. So now the life that we live for him is free, without burden. It's from a willing heart. The burden's light. There's no pressure. And so that means every time we stuff up, which we will, and we do, we just go, okay, like, that wasn't great, but I'll repent, confess my sin, get back up, and keep running the race. And we can just do that over and over. And suddenly Christianity and Christian life isn't about, oh, you better keep these rules, oh, you better make sure you do this and that and do this. That's not Christian. That's that's the antithesis of, of the gospel. I have to do this, do this, do this. No, no, it's remembering that God has done all the work in Jesus Christ. We couldn't live the perfect life. We failed. We, fall, we fell short. That's why God 
came down to us because we couldn't get to him. And in Jesus Christ, God lives the perfect life that we couldn't live. He dies the death that you and I should have died, comes back from the dead, defeats death, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And everyone who confesses and repents and, and places their faith in Jesus Christ, just, Jesus, I'm with you. That's it. All right? We just carry on living our Christian lives. Easy. And this is what this table represents. Uh, we're about to take communion now. Um, so as, this, as we take communion and then as we go from today, our, our hope, our prayer is that we're encouraged. Life is tough. Life is hard. Sometimes there are floods. Sometimes your two-year-old wakes up every hour. And then your four-year-old wakes up at five. That was this morning. <laughs> so life can be tough, but if we understand this, we can live the Christian life freely with joy, without burden, all because of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We're gathered here this morning because of him, and we love him and we, we worship him as we uh, take communion now. God, remind us of the preciousness of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the gospel that we can uh, live Christian lives free, without burden, uh, from joyful hearts because of Christ. Thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.